0: next African story will be written by Africans. Meet the people using technology, innovation and entrepreneurship to craft this new narrative. This is Building the Future podcast with your host, Dolton. coming up today on Building the Future.
1: As a software engineer, really most times you just build. You you probably think customers are going to come or you you have this beautiful idea and you're like, everybody's going to jump on it because it's the next big thing. Sales was hard. I'm not sure I am a core part of the tech ecosystem. I guess most people over time end their place by a bunch of things they've done.
0: This series is in partnership with the British Council in Nigeria. The British Council is the UK's international organization for cultural relations and educational opportunities. All opinions expressed by me and the podcast guests are solely ours and does not reflect the opinion or policies of the British Council. For more information about the British Council, go to britishcouncil.org.ng. One of the things we do at Starter is growth consulting. We work with select number of growth stage startups and established companies to grow and retain their customers. We do growth. We're not a digital marketing agency. Instead, we help our clients figure out their customer acquisition and retention by focusing on three major things. We help them build a consistent narrative and community around their core offers. Second, we help them build a scalable, repeatable, and cost-effective growth Systems and strategies. And lastly, most importantly, we help them build an in house team that we execute. The strategies for them. We've worked with and still working with companies like Flutterwave, Cranium One, Diawa Law, Omar Gardens, JEE Client Services, Amara Suite, and many others. We're a small team of startup entrepreneurs, investors, product designers, and growth marketers with experiences of building and scaling our own products and companies. To work with you, we'll have to determine if there's a fit and if we can significantly make a difference to your growth trajectory within a short time. If your business is currently making money, at least 10000 dollars per month and you want to scale to the next level, let's have a chat. Go to wedogrowth.co and book a free strategy session with us. That We w-e-d-o-g-r-o-w-t-h.co wedogrowth.co and book a free strategy session with us today. Hey, hello, and welcome to Building the Future. My guest today is Nika Adewa. He's the founder and CEO of Kudi.ai. Kudi.ai makes it easy for anyone to make payment through your standard messaging apps like Facebook chat, web chat on the website, uh, Telegram, Skype, and Slack. The first time I heard about this company, I was quite intrigued that making payment could be hard in Africa, especially in Nigeria, but there are lots of technology that people are building that even makes it easier sometimes than the way payment is made in the UK or US. Just because the difficulties brings about creativity, and that's an example of what Kudi.ai has done. I don't think in the UK or US people have a way of paying through Facebook chat or through Slack or through Skype. If there is, I don't know of. But Kudi.ai is making it simpler than it is in the Western country. So today I've got uh, Yinka with me. He founded a company in 2016 and they went live 2017, which is not far away. They joined Y Combinator Winter 17 and Yinka graduated from Obafemi Awolowo University, Ife, And we're going to go through his story right now to talk about what he's done so far since then. So, Yinka, welcome to Build in the Future. Thank
1: you so much for having me.
0: So, let's start from the pain point that Qudi.yihai is actually solving. What was the main hypothesis that you have about that pain point? Or did you do some customer discovery? So, one of the things we
1: thought of while building Kudi was how people were currently paying. And what we realized was there were multiple channels for people to pay. So people could pay some bills on some specific websites, go into their banking applications to transfer money, or you do it over USSD. It was all different channels so we thought about bringing everything up together into one single platform and then also figuring out what's the easiest way for Nigerians to use technology and we realized that the most common use technology in Nigeria as a were today is messaging in the fact that almost everybody that has a smartphone is either on WhatsApp or Facebook or one of those chat applications. So we saw people that never used websites before using messaging applications. So we just felt why not just put the payments right into the application for them to use.
0: So you saw the user behavior on chats. Yes. And you think that they can use those channel for making payments. Yes. There's no direct link between that. That because I'm using this channel it means that I'll trust it enough to make payment.
1: Yeah, true. We did have problems like that one of the things we thought of was just about that with chat there's no learning curve so for example if you build a payment mobile application once you had a new feature like a new bill to pay people have to either figure out how to click that button or how to use the web form chat is natural so people just drop in a message and say what they want to do so we did have issues um, when we started people thought it was a human being so um on facebook someone goes to Kudi and like hey I won't send money and Kudi responds to say okay who are you sending money to at the end of the transaction we say okay pay with card and then the customer is like uh, no I don't give my card to who I don't know so one of the things we did was to make Kudi answer the questions of the users themselves basically to let them know that hey this is an automated system it's not a human being we're still gaining customer trust but we have a few thousands already that already trust the platform for their transactions and by word of mouth as well it's been spreading um, most of our users have come through word of mouth marketing majorly. So someone refers them to use Kudi for their bills. So I'm sure over time as more people also come up with bot technologies people are going to get more comfortable with using bots for transactions.
0: Yeah, so I get that and I can see the use case clearly that it's a convenience play, right? So yes. People make payments anyway. They either go to their bank applications and make payment through that or go to the website and log in and make payment through that. Or traditionally people go to the bank yes. and then make the payment. Or in Nigeria people use US. So, Kudi is a convenient place. What I don't see is whether that convenience was needed, right? Okay. Um, So, the best technology companies are solving two things. They are either solving for frustrations or they are solving for frictions. Okay. Has there been frustration in any of the other ways of making payment that makes a business case for building a payment on top of other chat messenger apps? Okay.
1: So, for example, I remember the customer that we had that always came to pay electricity bills. And because those days when they were really few, we reached out to the customers to ask them what their experience was. And one of the things we realized is that an average of those customers had never done online transactions before. It was their first time. They had never used a bank mobile application. They had never used USSD before that never used the website
0: why why they not using all of this
1: so one of the things was just understanding how it worked so for some set of transactions ussd is quite interesting so you want to buy a time for yourself you punch in star xyz star 500 hash and it goes through when it gets complicated these things like you want to send money to someone so you press star five six something star one you put in two you put in the person's account number while it's convenient as well the learning curve and the steps can be quite long and then the other challenge is if a phone call comes in at that point it just cancels out and you have to just start all over again
0: and also that you have to remember all the stuff whatever yes i whenever i come to nigeria i make transactions right but I still literally have to use my computer because I don't have the app or I don't trust the app. for some reason, anyway, I go to the computer and I go to my bank and then log in and I make no matter how small the payment is, they make those payments and then use this OTP stuff every time.
1: So what we decided to do was to kick out the need for an OTP adware tokens and all of those experiences because we know people mostly send money to their friends family so every month if i send my mom 10,000 error, i just go to kudi and say hey kudi send mom C 10k it's that easy but if i was going to do that on the ussd every single time i have to crunch in a 10 digit bank account number if i'm going to use a banking application there are like six steps so i log in I go to banks, I select this, I select that. Kudi is the fastest with send money. You can just say, hey, send 2,000 naira to this person. And all you just have to do is to put in your own Kudi pin and your transaction goes through.
0: And of course, you'd have registered an onboarded I said that this is mommy. And so every time you go to Kudi, you can say mommy means this yeah, particular, this particular person. So I still get it, but I'm still struggling with the frustration that is solving. I understand the frustration, but I want to understand, maybe not that I don't understand the frustration. I think it's clear. What I don't, no, is the size of it. okay, and to be good to hear your view about the size of these frustrations. Okay, have to be the product for that mark. So, as
1: more people start using digital financial services for paying bills, sending money, we've seen the trend in mobile applications. So, first of all, it started with web applications. At some point, moved into mobile. Now, the banks are quite big on ussd and all of that but what we are trying to do is to on the long run bring as much services that people have to pay for into one because the challenge is for payments really speed is important um, cost is important and the channel as well is important so not having to download a new application update um, applications from time to time so with the kudi channel for example customers even when we had a new feature, our customers don't have to like download a new application because it's all chat-based. So basically, it just comes live in, in the application when we had a new feature. So that helps us to, we're sure like an average customer we have, they are all using the same version at every point in time because there's no need to update an existing application. So in terms of what the market size looks like today, WhatsApp is the biggest chatting application in Nigeria that I know of. We are not on WhatsApp yet, Um, but Facebook Messenger, which is Kind of next to it has about 17 million Nigerians using it to chat every month. So even when people buy smartphones, one of the trends I've seen is the first set of things they want to put on those mobile phones are chat applications because we like to communicate. And the whole idea of Kudi is to have someone or some service that does that that transaction for you without you even actively thinking about it. So basically someone you can talk to to say, hey, pay this bill for me, send this money for me.
0: Right. So you think uh, the size of the market can be looked at properly by identifying the size of the chart. Yes. and, And the usage of it across the country. And that's very good. So the other question I have for you is about, so number one, how many users have you got now? okay and what's the usage like
1: okay i won't be able to give the specific number but we have a few ten thousands of users already signed up on kudi and in terms of usage most people come to send money and pay bills monthly so it's more of customers using kudi so like salaries are paid people have to send money to friends and family they have to pay utility bills they have to buy ahead time, so the most set of users we have are users within that bracket. So they are mostly working class people that use Kudi for bill payments and transferring of funds.
0: So that means it must be people that are tech savvy, educated, and comfortable with making transactions and paying over the internet. Yeah, true. Uh, beyond their bank.
1: True, true. Yeah, yeah. So we still have a ton of users that have not had their cards and were like, oh, why don't you want to you know, go ahead and try it out? People get skeptical and they're like, oh, I can't, I don't want to put my card on Facebook. I don't want to put my card online. And you're still going to have people like that everywhere where you go. It's just more of over time, people change, um, habits change, and referrals also work. You know, when you have friends that have used it and it's working for them, sometimes people convert and become users.
0: What's the size of your transaction average per month at the moment?
1: Um, 10,000 euro.
0: Across per user.
1: Yes, across multiple products and services.
0: Right. So and what's your business model like?
1: So for bill payments, we get a four to five percent commission from the vendors. So these are typically companies like Delcos at Time, DSTV, electricity um, payment companies. For transfers, we take a flat fee per transaction, which is forty five naira.
0: Who pays for that?
1: The end customer pays for that.
0: But at the moment, even if I make payment through my bank, I still get charged.
1: Yeah, you get charged fifty two. Naira for interbank transactions. So
0: I then get charged on Kudi as well?
1: Yeah, yeah, you get charged.
0: So it's costing me more to do this than I would have done using my bank transfer normally?
1: Well, one way to think about it is while you probably will not use Kudi for all your transactions, for some people, if you want to do same bank to same bank transactions, would go and do it in their default bank application because it's free for them. We took a survey of our customers, what ratio were same bank to same bank and what ratio were Okay interbank transactions and we saw that mostly people did a lot of interbank transactions so at first when we started we went in taking fees for all our transactions and one of the things we're trying to also learn was what price to put on it and then will it make sense even if at the point where we put price on those transactions how we going to lose users so we had a free for months and we took a survey and we saw that a lot of our customers were actually sending money to different banks so and then today the cheapest they can get if you use a bank application is 52.5 naira if you use like ussd there's a 20 naira extra on that so that's about 75 naira per transaction so at 45 naira it's cheaper for them to use kudi to Why? do those transactions i thought you
0: still be paying 52 naira to the bank
1: no 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 it's free oh. they're not paying to the bank just to
0: us Oh, got it. So if I want to pay through my bank at the moment, which I do pay sometimes, they charge me 52 naira. Yeah. If I want to pay through, Cudi. um, USSD, another option, my bank would charge me 52 naira and I'll still pay 20 naira. Yes. If I want to pay through Kudi, I just get charged 45 now. Yes. Got it. So it's competitive then. Yes, it is. Let's go back to the beginning, how you started this. You were an entrepreneurial resident at Ventures Garden Group, a venture incubation and accelerator and venture building business in Nigeria. You were studying engineering at Bafemia Wolowa University in Ife. So talk me through how you got into entrepreneurship as a student.
1: Okay. So as a student, one of the things I did was to work with companies like Microsoft to old Microsoft events on campus. So I did compete in a few Microsoft competitions. So there was one I did in 2013 that we built a product that helped stroke patients get rehabilitation using the Microsoft Kinect. So after that competition, Venture Garden Group was organizing some accelerator program and then they were looking for young entrepreneurs that would build a business out of the ideas they had. So that was how I got into program to develop the product we were working on. From there, I got to discover things like thinking about the product itself, how to take it to the market, how to acquire customers. So that whole experience of being an entrepreneur in residence, because I was part of the venture garden group business in a way. So just observing to seeing the way things were done. So that actually helped my own business as well, because I regularly have a nine-to-five where I'm software engineer and also working on.
0: Were you software engineer with Ventures Garden Group?
1: Um. So the entrepreneur residence role was all-encompassing. So my direct boss, I was working with him on the business itself. So I was getting product requirements from customers. I was doing sales to customers. And at night, I was building the software as well that the customers were going to use.
0: Right. So, and that was all during the program? Yes, that was all. You went through an incubation program, right? With the yes. Group. yes. Talk me through that incubation program. Okay,
1: so the incubation program, and the name is Gardening Institute of Business and Entrepreneurship. I think it's morphed into a much um, bigger thing now called Greenhouse Capital. So the whole idea of GIBE then was there were mentors. So mentors from industries like pharmacy, banking, technology as a way. Um, These mentors came in weekly to talk to us about what we're building, looking at the product. So Venture Garden Group itself was helping with the product milestones, acquiring customers. So I, I felt, or I feel one of the things I really learned um, from there was basically how to measure progress because he was on a week by week basis. It wasn't like, okay, you're building a product for six months. And then at the end of the six months, you're trying to raise money. It's a question of, okay, so what are we doing this week? Okay. You're going to acquire to businesses to use the product so at the end of that week the next week you know we're reviewing to say okay you said this last week where are we on that so that helped to break big tasks into week by week goals
0: so and the program was for six months no yeah that. it was for six months was that what you went in for with Ventures garden Group? that's what you applied for
1: yes so that's what i applied for yes
0: and you were in the class with some other entrepreneurs who were building stuff, who were built stuff afterwards. Yes, yes. Right. So, and at the end of that six months, then you started your EIR or what is the chronology like? Okay. So, during
1: the six months as well, I was working on a software and um, with my friends that help hospitals communicate with their patients, mostly for pregnant women. So, the whole idea is they can book appointments with their doctors. The doctors can send drug prescriptions and tips to them on their phones through is
0: side business, or was this some an outcome of some of the things that you're learning during that incubation that you were actually yeah yeah incubating?
1: It, yes it was part of the things that I was learning so because prior to that we had built a much more complicated software so getting into the incubation program basically showed that what we were building was either too complex to build. Like we could test out something easy. Well, maybe the word is not easy. Something we could take to market in a few weeks and iterate from there. So that was the whole idea.
0: So you built that hospital tool before you started the incubation program.
1: No, it was doing it.
0: Oh, it was doing the incubation program and the incubation program helped you to simplify it. Yes. So during the incubation program, you are then validating. That. Yes. What were your key learnings from that validation when you took it to market?
1: One of the things I realized then was that sales was hard. As a software engineer, really, most times you just build. You, you probably think customers are going to come or, you know, you have this beautiful idea and you're like, everybody's going to jump on it because it's the next big thing. But then you haven't worked on this overnight. You go to meet the client and the client is like, no, know, I, I don't like it. I what was the software?
0: I'm... What was it supposed to do?
1: so the software was a tool for hospitals to manage relationships with pregnant women. So they uploaded a list of um, the pregnant women they had and then the months they had to deliver the child. But it was whole SMS based. The doctor can send an appointment reminder to the patients, can send drug prescription or all goes
0: by SMS. And what are your key challenges for that business?
1: Oh yeah. So the key challenge was the business model we started to charge hospitals 10,000 Naira a month because we saw it as a software as a service tool. So we had two big hospitals on it. But the challenge what killed the business was each of those hospitals had about 100,000 patient records. So SMS cost then was around I think 1.7 Naira per SMS. So think about it. If this hospital pays us 10,000 Naira in a month and then they send two SMSs a month to 100,000 patients. Like you're already out of funds and it was bootstrapped. It was just saving from my income and my friends.
0: Even if it was not bootstrap, that is not a profitable business. (laughs) The more you scale, the more money you're losing. So you ill-conceived the business model. Um, But the tool itself is very helpful. Yes. And it has huge usage. The hospitals wanted to use it. Yes. How many hospitals did you sign up?
1: We spoke to a lot of hospitals. We had two that were, were signed up. Um,
0: what was a major rejection point for the ones that didn't sign up?
1: So the ones that didn't sign up were typically big hospitals, the very prominent hospitals in Lagos. And it wasn't a rejection point it was more of integrating into their existing software so the easiest one that I onboarded were the hospitals that were not even really using any automated system before so it was all paper so beyond the fact that this could actually send sms and things like that they also saw it as a way for them to start keeping digital records of their patients so we got quite a number of people that actually showed interest one of the barriers to deploying was because we were bearing the cost of the sms so even if we had 10 hospitals that wanted to sign up today our Business model didn't support being able to bring them on board.
0: I'm just thinking about that business though. You could fix that business model now by basing everything on chat, like you're doing with Kudy. Yeah, true. Because a lot of pregnant women will have Facebook. That. or the hospital can encourage them to have a Facebook chat, and they can send it to them. Why did not you fix the business model? A, maybe by bidding something free or sending a message to something free or transferring the payment to the hospitals?
1: Okay, so I guess at the time, I didn't know much as I know now. Like, I didn't even think about things like companies, what's your runway? You know, it's this business model scalable. I was just new at it. So, and also even being able to convince um the hospitals at that time I think it wasn't one of my biggest trends to convince them to say, okay, you know what? Why not just pay us three Naira per SMS you send as opposed to even paying us a subscription fee. If I was going to do that today, I'm going to make sure that my business model covers my cost and I make money off it as well. Plus also at that time, the smartphone penetration wasn't as huge as it is now. That was 2013. So now with platforms like Facebook Messenger, you can even just build that for free without necessarily, and create more engagements without needing to send SMSs to customers. Because
0: I get that kind of notification from my airline, especially KLM, yeah. they do that well. When you book a flight, they link it to your Facebook and it remind you about the time of the flight and check-in time and all this stuff. So you're right. Sometimes uh, an idea cannot be executed at, at a particular time. It's just somebody then waiting for the right time or getting the idea at the right time. So you moved on from there to start another business while you went back to campus. So you are still a student. You are doing your industrial training program and you start time to work with... VGG and you were using that to build and validate your idea around this hospital Yes, You went back to campus, which is in Ife, outside Lagos, and then you started another business.
1: Yeah, yes. So, that's called Songwo. The whole idea was to figure out a way. So, the problem we were trying to solve with that was, at that time in school, there were a few banks around so, with a population of about 30,000 students. So, taking cash from the ATM was a mess. There were just too many queues at the ATM machines and then, because things were relatively cheap, transport was 20 naira. So, so the ATM machine gives you like 500 or 1000 so if you were going to take a bus you go there the guy at the bus it doesn't even care he just tells you go see change like don't come in so you have to go and meet the recharge card vendors buy an 100 a time you don't need so that you can you know break the money and pay so the whole idea was that whole process of picking cash splitting it and paying for service was messed up and it was also expensive because of the time and buying things you didn't need so the idea of someone was an NFC card God. You could top up your money in cash on it, and then you could pay with participating stores. And this worked without the internet. And most of these merchants were not using POS machines. It was nothing fancy. They just collected cash. So basically, for the merchants as well, they can receive digital payments without having to go to a bank to get a point-of-sale machine.
0: Let's break down how you ideated this. Okay. I think the problem was very, very clear. but How you ideated a solution to that problem, how you built the first MVP, how you interacted with the first merchant and try to get them to try it and how you then get the users as well so talk me through that okay. it's almost like a master class on <laughs> how you identify problem because that problem is really really clear people can only pay uh, on all the university then using cash most merchants cannot use POS and the nearest place for you to go and get your money out is the ATM which could be far away from your hostel and you have to take the bus and the bus doesn't want you to pay using large denomination yeah. so you need to break down the large denomination into smaller denomination and you're losing money and you're losing. Time and all you want to do is just buy your toothpaste or buy your grocery from the merchant very close to your hostel. That's the problem. Very clear. You then build a solution to that. So talk me through. You identify the problem and you build a first solution to it. The MVP got the merchants involved and the users.
1: Okay, so I didn't do this alone. Um, My co-founder is my best friend and we literally lived together for a number of years. So one of the ways we started building that was so we're staying in, in an apartment and I think the meter ran off and we went to recharge the meter so we took this particular white card to the electricity company they did something on the card got them slot in the card and boom the lights was on and then the thing that caught our attention was hey wait this Meter isn't connected to the internet, how is it working? So he went back to speak to one of our mentors who is a doctor of computer science at Ladoke Akintola University. And the man was like, oh, that's RFID technology that you could also use an NFC card. And the guy was like, you know what? Here's an NFC card, just go build a software. What's
0: NFC card?
1: NFC is near-field communication. So it's the contactless um, way of payments like Apple Pay. So it could be in a smartphone, it could be in a card, it could be in a khaki, it could be in a wristband. So we got our first card from... Is
0: it like a normal SIM card?
1: You know, it's like the normal debit card. Right. So, but the idea is, as opposed to it being a cheap ping card, it's a NFC card. Okay. So you just have to tap it on a particular terminal and the debits and credits can happen.
0: And when does your bank get notified?
1: Okay. So the thing about that was it wasn't even connected to the old payment infrastructure as it were. It's closed loop. So it was separated. We had a network of agents around campus that you could go there, you give them cash. They had a mobile hub, They top up the card for you by, you know, tapping the card at the back of the phone and then your value is written on the card. So you can then okay, walk so up to...
0: pass, pass, pass. Let's break this down. I understand NFC, which is near... Field communication. Field communication a little bit. But I want to break down how that works for the payment. You get an NFC card. Yeah. Everybody gets it. Yeah. And then I go to a merchant who has an NFC technology payment system.
1: So what happened was that for the merchants that were in the loop, we deployed a mobile phone for the merchants. Okay. So the mobile phone had the application on it and the phones were NFC enabled. Yes. So that means those phones could charge the cards by just placing the card at the back so of the phone. So the phone, phone
0: work like a POS? Yeah,
1: like a POS.
0: So I will go and load my NFC card with real money. Yes. So my NFC card becomes like a wallet. Yeah. Where do I go to load my NFC card?
1: So there were recharge card vendors.
0: Recharge card, you mean
1: telephone recharge card? Yeah, cards. telephone recharge card vendors. So
0: your normal mobile phone recharge yes. card. Yes. So I go to my mo- normal mobile phone recharge card. What do I do?
1: So we had those recharge card sellers has agents. They were also selling our service Services to customers and they were making money from it okay as well. so it's
0: not linked to the telephone recharge no it's they're not just your agent yeah the they're, just, they're just they just were to distribute so i go to this agent and say i've got this nfc card i want to load it with 1000 naira. almost like loading a credit card or yes. a prepaid card so i load that card which is like almost like a prepared card and i take it to a merchant yes and i say that i want to buy 500 naira worth of grocery. Yes. And imagine we take my card and put it... At the back of the phone. Is there any validation?
1: Yes. So then it asks you to put in your four digits pin.
0: Oh, almost like...
1: Yeah, almost like a POS transaction.
0: Interesting. So for me as a student, I just have to, at the beginning of the term, load my NFC card. Yeah. With how much i want to spend how do i know how much has been taken from my card
1: so per transaction we were sending um an sms alert to customers with how much was paid where it was paid and how much is left on the card so because it wasn't digital it's just a card it wasn't like you had a smartphone application that you could check your balance real time so it was sms based so you, you could just go to the last sms you got from us and you could see it or you could also walk up to any of the agents or the merchants be like you know i want to check my balance so the merchants can tap the at the back of the phone, you put in your PIN and you can see your balance as well.
0: How easy is it to build and have that? Me as a user can then have to be so we could be pair to pair payment. Yeah,
1: yeah. I guess as technology evolves, we also get to see better way of optimizing and doing things. And also at that time, a lot of students had smartphones but a lot of students didn't have smartphones as well. You know, things are fast changing with brands like Infinix. Everybody has a smartphone now. So, yeah,
0: How much does it cost to then buy that card originally?
1: So it was 200 to 500 naira depending on how we felt.
0: So less than a dollar
1: yes, to buy it. Yeah, it was less than um, a
0: dollar. How does the merchant get paid at the end?
1: It was pretty much similar to the way POS transactions work today. So which is more of, we acquired the transactions for you and we settle to you at T plus one. So the only difference we also was that we had flexibility. What is T plus one? Um, the next day. The next day. Yes, the next day. So the only difference here is that because there was no bank settlement as a word. So what we basically just did was that at the end of each day's transaction, we go into our regular mobile bank application and we transfer the value the merchant has processed minus how our own fees on the transaction. We took two percent per transaction. So we sent the balance to the merchant's bank account every day.
0: So you were able to convince a lot of macho about this yeah and and you happy to lose percentage of the transaction to you in exchange for ease of payment? Yes. Because the merchants were paying for it. Not yeah, the merchants it. were paying for it. And how quickly did this grow over the campus?
1: It did grow pretty well. When we got our first merchant, the merchant was happy about it because it's quite a dashboard for the merchants to actually track their transactions as well. So and one of the things about most of these small businesses was that the business owners were not the ones managing the business themselves. So they had employees. So with that open Um, Products you could actually just monitor your sales and it was a question of if everybody was going to be using it because if everyone was going to be using it it could actually save the merchants money as well because they knew they were losing revenues because cash is cash is convenient but it also comes at the cost so because it's hard to track who paid what at what time so with the whole idea of digital payments they saw the possibility in actually investing in this and on the long run once you know a sizable amount of their income was coming through this goes into their bank directly because even then we had scenarios where merchants were collecting cash at the end of the day like 4 p.m they have to go to bank to deposit that cash because they don't want to keep it so with this channel they didn't even have to do all of that anymore so it was valuable to them and they were ready to pay for it
0: and um when you launched it how many transactions were you doing within the first month and then how quickly did this grow
1: um i can't remember the exact values now i knew in two months then we were at around seven fifty thousand naira Processed.
0: Which is like just slightly above
1: $2,000. Yes. But the interesting thing was that these were microtransactions. So, you know, we didn't have anybody paying 50,000 naira. It was people paying for things like water, which is like 10 naira.
0: Oh, people were paying like less than 2 or 3 cents.
1: Yeah, they were super microtransactions. Buying water, food, 150 naira. So, the volume in terms of the count was a lot. So, that summed up to so the transaction value.
0: So, this business group, you are still a student and you were in your final year. What happened next outside the campus? Did you take it to the next campus or?
1: Yeah, so we got a few other um, schools on board, and at the time when I left campus, myself and my co-founder and the rest of the team, we moved to Lagos. We created more use cases for it, basically like events, transports, transports networks. We're using it as a way of collecting payments. We did a few government projects for IGR collection for governments. So it basically grew and was
0: IGR the internet generated revenue? Yeah. From Yes. Yes.
1: Means, okay. Because the whole idea was if you could collect money without the internet, you know, you could use it for informal <laughs> set of transactions where In in a place where internet will probably not work.
0: Is that the technology used for the toll gates in Lagos?
1: Yes, so it's kind of really close to it. It's RFID. So I guess the only difference is the range of communication. So with NFC, you have to bring the card very close to the device. With RFID, there could be a gap. So you know, from your windshield or wherever the sticker is placed to wherever the bar, which the reader is, that's quite far. So it's still within the same bracket of technology. It's just a question of the range of communication.
0: I want to. Pick your brain now on the use case of this technology in terms of how it can disrupt and innovate payment in the unbanked communities, in the rural areas, across Africa. And what are you thinking around how this RFID and nfc can be used across big big markets
1: so I, I think one of the easiest things you can use nfc to do as regards to the underbanked as a way. so take for example an idp camp where there's a community the government provides food water and there's some allowance for these um guys to spend and buy things so in an environment like nigeria where you know with allocating public funds and resources, mismanagements can happen. So right, so as opposed to giving these guys cash, you could give them some form of ID card and that ID card could be an NFC ID card. So so every month, if an average IDP resident is supposed to get 10,000 era from the government, so you basically just put this 10,000 era on that card you are sure that you can track basically how money is moving and how money is being spent. So one of the things you could then do was, because it's a community, so it gets as many of the business in that community, as much as as possible, so such that these guys can actually go with their ID cards and perform transactions. So that would be a very good use case because the government can make sure that the funds are you know properly accounted for. You could also see the patterns that these guys actually what do they spend money on? Do you spend money on food? Is it at a bar? You know, so you can even plan you know whether these people should be in the camps or not.
0: Or you can plan what kind of supply you can yeah, give. it yeah. If what If people can... are using the money for a particular grocery or even for Drinks that you can say, okay, people are getting depressed and A, we supply more drinks, people, <laughs> but also provide counseling sessions for people. Yeah. Yeah. Which again, I think I like that. And also, the other thing I want to add is yes, it will reduce, uh, theft and robbery. Yeah. Because for you to, steal my money is for you to steal my identity and you're going to have to go and use my identity somewhere which is trackable and it can be recovered quickly. That's really good. Which other ways do you think we can use this technology?
1: So it could also be connected to the regular banking system today which my regular debit card from my bank could also have an NFC option where so for this NFC option I could use it to pay at stores by just, you know, tapping on the POS machine or if I take a BRT for example, you know, there are scenarios where you don't want to slot in a card. You're waiting it to connect to the internet and get feedback and scenarios.
0: A lot of debit card in the UK, you can just tap and go. that's is it that it technology? Yes, that's it. I used to wonder why is it not being used in Nigeria?
1: Well, I guess NFC itself is also expensive it comes at the cost so because the regular POS devices that deploy today the regular terminals we have are not NFC enabled so and I'm not sure if it's like a switch you can just switch off and on you basically need to change those terminals and you need to deploy a new set of terminals and that also comes at the cost the cost might not make sense for the banks really so to, invest in, to invest in that
0: Okay, because it's not a frustration for a lot of people yeah. a lot of people are seeing even trying to use the POS anyway. So you left that business. What was the major reason why you left?
1: So I guess the thing is no matter what you do, at some point you're either going to get tired or you want to explore new but opportunities. When, you
0: start, uh, when did he start this business?
1: Um it was twenty fourteen, I think. So
0: twenty fourteen and you left when? Twenty sixteen. That's two years. That's like a very short time.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. My point is there are always new passions you probably want to pursue. And for me, I didn't see myself as the business, you understand? I wasn't the only one in the business. I had a co-founder, we had a team. So I was just one of the stakeholders as it were. So it's not like me leaving, you know, the business dies. It's not a sole proprietorship kind of arrangement. So at that point where there's corporate governance in terms of shareholding structures and things like that, you could decide to leave at whatever you, time. Have
0: you raised money for the business?
1: Yeah, we did have investors. Yes.
0: And how much did the business raise at that point?
1: I wouldn't want to disclose.
0: Oh, it wasn't a disclose. Public, yeah, uh, it was. Investment. Awesome. Do you have some issues like a uh, co founder conflict <laughs> when you left that you can talk about?
1: No, no, no not, not that I can talk about.
0: Okay, uh, definitely, there are issues every time with people when you work together. Are you still in good times with the business now, or you just left?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't know, I, I can't say. You can say
0: <laughs> why, why is it because you started Kudi 8.ai, which is. Could have been an expression of that business as well?
1: Oh, no, I, I don't think so. I guess the businesses were focusing on two different sets of things. Um, The roadmaps were, there's no way you could have connected them. The roadmaps were different. The kind of customers, the use cases were also really different. And even at the time, the expressions of the businesses were different. There was nothing similar at all.
0: So how did you conceive Goody.ai? How did you move from somewhere which was solving payments where there are no internet to Goody?
1: Yeah, so I guess one of the things I'd learned was that no matter what technology you were building in payments, distribution is quite key. And also the cost of acquiring the customer. Are you selling something the customer will first have to purchase? Is it something they have to download or is it like an add-on? So one of the things I learned was that so when I was interested in online payment because I definitely knew talent penetration was growing. The old offline use case is good. It will always be relevant. But there was a, another opportunity which was the fact that as much as online payments was big in Nigeria as well. It was still fast growing, you know. Companies like Paystack and Flutter will show that to us every day when you see the numbers. So it was just more of being able to be part of that new online payment revolution. So that was one of the things that caught my
0: attention. So you want to be part of the online payment revolution and you want to join that by solving a particular problem around payment. How did you then build your first version of Kudi and what were your challenges? Oh, okay. So one of the things we did
1: was get... A few um, conversation data sets from people, you know, how would you want to buy a time? So we had like some form of questionnaire were sent to a lot of friends to create the data we were going to pass through, the old natural language processing thing. So we got people to give us content on, okay, how you're going to phrase this, how you're going to, you know, ask this question and things like that. But the biggest challenge wasn't even really building the old conversational use case itself. It was actually being able to collect money from the end customer. I'd gone to a few um organizations that help you process payments in Nigeria. The all back and forth was, you know, get this license, you know, you have to have this set of deposits. It was a nightmare, basically. And one of those days, out of that frustration, I stumbled on, you know, flutterwave.com. I saw an email there. Like, I didn't even know anybody at Flutterwave. It was just a blank email. Like, I just sent to Flutterwave and I Lighthouse. At I that think,
0: point, you had no customer. You were just trying to register and you built this. Chat or payment was the biggest yeah. problem.
1: collecting payments was a problem,
0: and enabling people to pay through the channel was a problem. Yes, and then you went through a natural route of getting that done the way it's done in Nigeria, and then you had frustrations, and then came across Flutterwave yes were you not plugged to the tech ecosystem then or you are just doing it in your own bedroom
1: <laughs> yeah like I was just one guy you know someone was just doing stuff like I'm not sure I am a core part of the tech ecosystem I know a few people but I'm still kind of new and I'm still working on stuff so I guess most people over time end their place by virtue of things they've done so and I'm not sure I'm there yet
0: so you saw Flutterwave and then you saw their email and then you decided to send email to them
1: yes yeah, so frustration yes so yeah, like I still saw the email a few weeks ago. I'll probably send you a screenshot one that would of was great.
0: Day. So what did you then say in the email?
1: I was like, hey, whoever is here, you know, if there's anybody. So uh, we're building this platform that uses messaging. We think it's going to be very huge, but we've been frustrated about payments, processing, integration because the ridiculous thing was the processor I was speaking to then actually mentioned to me that at the point of payment, we would send a particular PDF form to the customers. Real life story, that they'll print that form, they'll take it to the bank, and then that way we can start charging the accounts.
0: Oh, the first time? Yeah. So on both they want customers to say, get a PDF form, print it, go to the bank yeah. and say that bank, please be taking money from my come yeah. from these guys. Yeah. Wow.
1: Yeah, that was really close. And the thing is, when the guy said it, I actually thought he was joking. But it was serious. And he said to me that if they really like it, they will go to the bank to do it. That night, so I sent that email.
0: That would have killed a lot of innovation and business. Yes. the whole process to make it easy. Why would I have to be printing stuff to my bank because I love these guys?
1: Yeah, nobody's going to do that. So then someone replied and was like, oh, Flutterwave exists because of problems like this. So someone reached out to me. So we created our account. We started taking payments. and
0: How quickly did you set this up with Flutterwave?
1: Probably like a week or so.
0: A week or so? Yeah. You were able to solve that payment problem just like that.
1: Yeah, just like that. Yeah. At least we we're able to start taking payments and over time we added new set of cards. I think we started with MasterCard and Visa and at some point we started taking what web change.
0: By the way, was it that with Flutterware you now have this payment link or
1: So the thing is we wanted to embed um the payments web form inside the chat application so we didn't want a scenario where you probably would so for example there are a few processors you could use as well at that time but what will happen is that you need like an android application where the processor gives you like a page that can pop up on the person's phone that will take the card details and i guess this is also in bid to make sure that you know they safeguard the customer's card information from even the merchants as well as we have so so you need an Android application installed on the person's phone and then that old payment page it's going to be deployed by the processor on that phone so and the scenario we had here the customers were not downloading an application it was an existing application so we couldn't say okay you know use QD on facebook but there's this payment app from x company that you have to download if you don't download it you won't be able to pay so that's why that wasn't going to work so but with a company like flutter all you get to do is that right in the chat today we just put up a web form and say okay you know had your card information here and then we just basically take that card information you know and we'll pass it on to Flutterwave to process that card.
0: I'm looking at a case scenario where you can use this now, a uh, So let's say the target. Yeah. And normally you can pay, you can have the sticker, fine. prepay it and then you drive through. Or you can use Qudi, right? And connect it and then, so when you're driving towards the target, you say, mm. hey, he pay the target," And it pays instantly. Is that something, or am I
1: dreaming too big? Well, I guess it could be a crime to chat and drive. So...
0: Oh, you have
1: <laughs> to type. Yeah, you have to type. So one of the things um, we're working on is to actually load your LCC, you know, wallet or the card from Kudi itself where you have to fund these wallets. So as we have vendors on our platform, so you can actually pay to LCC to fund your wallet. But one of the other things we started doing is to get a few businesses to accept Kudi. So we have this uh, Kudi payment um, handle. So basically, it's like a username. So you can create yours and say, you know, at LCC, for example. So you can be like a hey, Kudi Pay2K2 at LCC. And that merchant can take that payment. LCC
0: is a Lagos.
1: Lekki concession, concession company. Charge- con- so Which
0: is the company that collects payment at the toll gate yeah. in Lagos. Yes. Uh, in Lekki, Lagos. Well. How easy is it for you to activate Kudi as a chatbot, a voice chatbot, almost like Alexa, right? A friend of mine was talking about this yesterday, about how easy they can make this happen. And she was saying that, okay, there should be something at the toll gate that tells you that as you're driving to the island and you are on the Thornmieland Bridge uh, in no style, okay, you're coming closer here. And then you go to more Bridge, which is closer. It's, okay, probably this person is coming to Lecky, and tells you, okay, you got less than 20 less than 100 naira in your balance to pay so do you want to load it now but i'm thinking maybe that is even far if you're using kudi and you're driving and you don't have to worry about that so you get closer to the token you say hey kudi pay lcc because i'm driving there and i now go through the priority link Okay. Because I paid using Kudi, and I don't have to have the LCC card or prepay because I'm not a frequent driver driver along that road. But because of Cudi, I was given the privilege to do that because I can pay while driving and talk to Kudi to do that for me.
1: Yeah, so I guess these are things that could come in the future. So in the now, I see the possibility of that. We've talked about scenarios like that in the office as well um, before. It's just more of, you know, gradually growing the business. And, and one of the things we're focusing on now are more of transactions that happen quite often that which kind of solve pain points for people. And then over time, now expanding to... To different set of merchants and use cases
0: yeah so um, we're going to be running off soon now but I just want to ask a few questions about one of your key challenges now in terms of how this is being integrated and also the resistance that you're getting maybe from regulators or the merchant themselves and I want to talk about the future how do you see this play out? And I think we talk about a bit of that now, but in your own view, what is the future? So let's talk about the current challenges that you have now.
1: So from a regulatory standpoint, we're not directly a regulated entity as we don't process the payment ourselves. We don't store your card information and the likes. It's mostly stored with the processors and they have license to do that. So we were just building out what we're building now without thinking about regulatory issues or having to deal with regulatory issues for now. The other challenge is more of um, as we started working with merchants, getting merchants on board, getting customers from the merchants to use Kudi as a means of paying them as well. It takes time for it to pick up. So while we can close a merchant today, you know, the transactions don't just all happen at once. It takes one, two months for the merchants to even, you know, create a push to be like, Hey guys, I'm now on Kudi, you can pay me for this service for this product via Kudi as well. So the first set of problems we had with people understanding how the chat bot thing worked, I think we've solved that in a way in terms of a few people have used it already, you know, they've shared it with a few friends, then it's got into a few hundreds to a few thousands. And then it's not as new as it was anymore. Even if we have a few old people on like much older people on our platform, you know, like 50s, 60s that use Kudi for bill payment and stuff like that. So the next set of thing is we want to take a Mainstream. So we want to take it to a day where you go to you know Domino's and you buy your pizza and you can be like, hey, Kudi, five k two at Domino's for the pizza. A day when you go to a cinema to watch a movie and you're like, oh, Kudi, two k two film house for this movie. So that's where we want to get to. We want Kudi to be everywhere. So now that we have the regular bill payments and everything that everybody else has as well, so we don't want to just keep competing for that market share as it were. We want to be able to take Kudi mainstream where more people can. And actually see it every day and interact with it.
0: Is the growth lever on the merchant side or the users?
1: The merchants, yes.
0: So signing up a merchant for you it
1: brings more users.
0: And then using this merchant as a way to get, get users is the growth lever Yes, users. It so it's not about getting a lot of users to know about this because they get frustrated if their favorite merchants are not there. Yes. So it's you getting a merchant and then the merchant then drives users. Yes. So that's the growth lever for you. Yes. So let's talk about the future, the big blue sky. Uh, how do you see this play out? Not just in Nigeria across Africa or everywhere in the world. We're currently exploring
1: a few things in Ghana. We've done a few mobile money integrations already. Sometimes this year, we should be live in Ghana. And the thing is, messaging is going to be a key channel for transactions in the future because a lot of things happen on messaging applications like Slack, for example. What happens on Slack? So imagine the day when an HR wants to order a pizza or a cake for someone celebrating his or her birthday in the office, you know, having Kudi as an add-on into your Slack channel and having, say, a cold stone as a merchant on Kudi, you could just be like, hey, I want to order a cake and you can see the cakes you want to buy. Just click the one you want and just pay right from there. So, and the thing about messaging is because the interface is not really an interface. It makes it easier to have as many merchants as possible. Because if you were going to build a mobile app, how many pages are you going to be scrolling? You know, go to Next. It gets complex. But with a messaging interface, you really don't see anything. You just go there. You say what you want to do. One of the problems we don't have is, you know, a way of listing merchants. Like, we just leave people with their imaginations and, you know, we can get as many merchants as possible without bothering about, you know how are we going to present this? How are we going to... Align this. That whole no interface idea makes it easy for us to actually have as much merchant on board as
0: possible. Great. So we're going to end this podcast by me asking you a few fire questions. Uh, I hope you're ready for that. Okay. Okay. So, uh, what is your biggest business pain? Point?
1: Um, biggest pain point is growth as well. That is, like I said, merchant growth. Merchant growth here because customer growth directly is quite expensive, and we're not investing in regular digital marketing channels and things like that so we've been mostly focused on, on merchants
0: uh, what is your number one growth Patrick
1: um so it's transaction count actually yeah so yeah
0: which book are you reading at the moment
1: the everything store the story of jeff bezos yeah
0: uh, which business is getting you excited apart from quiddy.com so i think
1: at the moment i'm excited about sure gifts i've been kind of interested in the whole cryptocurrency space not as a business for me really just as you know looking at the trend about just watching things that people never give attention to or like I didn't give an attention to at the time and seeing it grow so I'm trying to look to see what the future holds what the team is going to build out in remittances and stuff like that so they
0: recently raised uh 7 million dollars or more than 7 million dollars through ICO which is fantastic yeah that is an interesting business that could look into the future and look at alternative ways of raising money yeah Um, inka. It's been a great pleasure having you on this podcast. I really enjoyed it. We didn't have the time to go into your white Combinator days and how you got in and your experiences there, but we had a lot to cover. Uh, so thanks for coming to Be in the Future. Thank you so much for having me. This series is in partnership with the British Council in Nigeria. The British Council is the UK's international organisation for cultural relations and educational opportunities. All opinions expressed by me and the podcast guests are solely ours and does not reflect the opinion or policies of the British Council. For more information about the British Council, go to britishcouncil.org.ng. One of the things we do at Starter is growth consulting. We work with a select number of growth stage startups and established companies to grow and retain their customers. We do growth. We're not a digital marketing agency. Instead, we help our clients figure out their customer acquisition and retention by focusing on three major things. We help them build a consistent narrative and community around their core offers. Second, we help them build a scalable, repeatable, and cost-effective growth systems and strategies. And lastly, most importantly, we help them build an in-house team that we execute the strategies further. We've worked with and still working with companies like Flutterwave, Cranium One, Law, Omar Gardens, JEE Client Services, Amara Suit, and many others. We're a small team of startup entrepreneurs, investors, product designers, and growth marketers with experiences of building and scaling our own products and companies. To work with you, we'll have to determine if there's a fit and if we can significantly make a difference to your growth trajectory within a short time. If your business is currently making money, at least $10,000 per month, and you want to scale to the next level, let's have a chat, go to wedogrowth.co and book a free strategy session with us. That is w-e-d-o-g-r-o-w-t-h.co wedogrowth.co and book a free strategy session with us today. Do you have an offer, a product, service, or message that will be ideal for entrepreneurs, investors, or corporate executives across Africa? Building the Future podcast can help you. This podcast has been sponsored by partners who want to reach super targeted audience of investors, entrepreneurs, and people who are in the process of starting their own business. If you or your company is interested in reaching those audience through this podcast, we would like to chat with you. We have sponsorship slots from three episodes up to one year. Send me an email via helloatthestarter.com. That is H-E-L-L-O at T-H-E-S-T-A-R-T-A dot com and we can take this further. You've been listening to Building the Future podcast by Dalton. These are the interviews with entrepreneurs that are playing a key part in shaping the African future. And you'll be able to hear all their stories. For more, sign up for the weekly newsletter at thestarter.com Our revolution will be televised. STARTA.com and sign up for our newsletter. It will be a huge favor to me and it's really simple and easy. If you subscribe now, it will help us a lot. Thanks.